Hello, and welcome to the BPL podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Laser, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Dan A. Sharp of the Columbus Foundation. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Dan is the Vice President of Community Research and Grants Management for the Columbus Foundation. So Dan has a Master's of Public Administration from Ohio University and a Bachelor of Arts in Politics and Government from Ohio Wesleyan University. Dan joined the Columbus Foundation in 2004. His responsibilities include overseeing the development and implementation of grant policies, program priorities, and areas of strategic grant making. Under his leadership, the community research and grants management team plays a unique role in convening community discussions around areas of need and participating in community initiatives and partnerships to address these needs. For our listeners who are unfamiliar, can you give an overview of the history of the Columbus Foundation and what the mission of the foundation is? Yeah, the Columbus Foundation is the community foundation for Central Ohio, and part of our mission is to help others strengthen and improve the community through the most effective philanthropy possible. So we work with individuals, families, corporations to achieve their charitable goals by then ultimately funding nonprofit organizations. And we are able to fund any 501c3 organization across the country, but our primary focus really is here in central Ohio. You did a little bit about the history. I didn't want to ignore that part of the question. We were founded in 1943, which was a tumultuous time for our nation in the midst of World War II. And so uh, having recently celebrated the milestone birthday of 75, uh, we are looking forward to continuing to serve the community's needs for the many years to come and uh, found our organization and uh, the service that we provide to donors to be really responsive from those early days through days that folks would argue were really prosperous for our community to the to tumultuous times we find ourselves in in current days. Yes, right. And uh, speaking of those tumultuous times now, um, so how has the COVID-19 pandemic sort of uh, shaped the way that the Columbus Foundation operates this year? And, and what are you doing in response to that? Yeah, our response has been tremendous, and that has been fueled by the generosity. So that's not a, a, to pat the back of the Columbus Foundation. That's absolutely to lift up the thoughtfulness and the responsiveness of our donors who are uh, giving to organizations as they see the needs in our community rising. And so uh, with the uh, March 2020 stay-at-home orders, and when the pandemic was really hitting Central Ohio, we immediately established an emergency response fund specific to be uh, a response to COVID-19 in Central Ohio. And to date, as we're talking today here on Giving Tuesday in uh, December of 2020, uh, we've distributed more than $6.2 million to more than 175 Central Ohio organizations. And that gift range has ranged from $1,300 that went to a suburban grassroots organization that ended up feeding children during the spring break period of time, all the way up to $300,000 to Community Shelter Board, who pivoted immediately with their 16 partner organizations to ensure that folks who are experiencing homelessness and might be impacted by COVID could be cared for with dignity while also ensuring the safety of others around them. So socially distanced shelter, ensuring that they had access to high quality medical care and their work will likely continue for the next 24 months and is um, 
using partnerships with the YMCA that's turned their basketball court into a socially distanced shelter, but also uh, purchasing motel rooms in block room capacity to ensure that individuals can remain isolated while receiving that high level of care and stable supportive housing. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's it's a very comprehensive effort. And it sounds like a lot of great work is being done. Um, and it's certainly something that I've reflected on a lot um, in terms of just the, the various layers to this pandemic and how it's difficult for everyone, obviously, but it, it's even more difficult for um, people experiencing homelessness or, mm-hmm. you know, just the list goes on. Um, so it's great that there are efforts um, such as these that you listed to help yeah. ensure care for those, those people. And as we're seeing to date surges in our numbers across the state, uh, the Columbus Foundation is going to continue to prioritize that emergency response fund. Certainly through the coming year, we'll be uh, digging deeper than we've ever dug before for a variety of uh, grant making priorities that then includes the uh, focus on becoming a more anti-racist community. And so uh, our grant making really does encompass A to Z, arts to zoos, and everything in between. Uh, but to the root of your question, Jeff, the, the pandemic certainly has colored uh, a lot of our grant making prioritization. Absolutely. And uh, that leads me into my next question. So there was a, um, a news release from, I believe it was September, from the Columbus Foundation. Um, and so that was announcing unprecedented funding plan for 2020 to 2021 in four target areas. Can you talk about what those four areas are and and why they were chosen? Yes, and uh, even the announcement in September is significant because that's our celebration of philanthropy. So many organizations call it their annual meeting. We look back on the activity of the year before uh, and celebrate some uh, awards. This year, Miss Catherine Willis was awarded the uh, Harrison Sarah Award for her tremendous legacy of philanthropy, and the Human Service Chamber of Franklin County received the Columbus Foundation Award for nonprofits. But at that time that we were uh, celebrating, we were also looking ahead. And to your point, four priority areas have emerged uh, that the Columbus Foundation will be asking our donors to join us in co-investing at the at a time that we're also digging deeper into our grant-making budget, as well as organizational reserves to put as much money as we possibly can on the table to have available to deploy in these, these four areas. So there's an aspect of our community that's being affected by the digital divide. You know, libraries know this best is a large part of your, your patron segment and visitors access libraries solely for technology. But I think the digital divide was acutely made aware to the community more broadly when it talked about students going to school in a virtual environment and having a a lack of access to technology in many cases. So digital divide, uh, top one of our top priorities. The emergency response fund will remain a top priority to support organizations with COVID-specific responses. Uh, Arts is the third, uh, a third, uh, you know, they're not ranked in any way, but a third priority there is the arts. Uh, That as a sector has had some of the highest unemployment numbers uh, for the duration of this uh, pandemic for our community. Uh, And for many, the business model of reopening just is not viable to keep things socially distanced. And so the best advice there certainly is for patrons of the arts and consumers of the arts to give and give generously, keep purchasing tickets. And, and so we see organizations finding unique ways to uh, deliver on their, their mission. And then the other would be uh, minority business enterprises, ensuring that we have capital available specifically to minority business enterprises to allow them to flourish and succeed. 
in a time that is very difficult for any and all business enterprises. But uh, there's too much research that shows that the zip code that you're born in has a, a set destiny on your success and, and life expectancy. And so, unfortunately, because of the color of skin, you know, that affects business owners, too, or, or not having access to resource networks and access to capital. And so we want to make sure that uh, minority business owners in central Ohio have access to additional capital streams to ensure their stability and help them go further to scale. Wow. It sounds like the selection of those four areas it's just so important. Um, and and you mentioned the libraries and the digital divide, and that's certainly something that, honestly, it's been probably one of the more agonizing things over this time is, is knowing that um, we can't provide those services to our patrons safely, um, particularly with computer usage and internet access and it, yes, it's it's very difficult. We we've tried to some measures such as boosting the Wi-Fi in our parking lot and things like that, circulating Wi-Fi hotspots. But that's that's always at the forefront of our you know our concerns um, as a library. And yes, and you mentioned the arts too. I, uh, me having a background in music, it's something that I, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing that work. And um, I really hope these venues, especially the small independent ones, see this through, as well as the, you know the people. Uh, the musicians themselves, of course. So if I may, a shameless plug, we just released uh, a series of 10 musical numbers with a variety of musicians uh, or or, trios, quartets, and bands called Songs for the Community. And it's kind of a way that, one, we wanted social media feeds. This premieres on on Facebook but lives on the YouTube channel. We really wanted uh, social media feeds to have a splash of color, to have some uh, cultural love be able to be shared and songs for the community uh, was just that. And so I encourage listeners to definitely check out songs for the community because it's a a great uh, diverse repertoire that uh, Dr. Mark Womack's on our team, a drummer and musician and uh, a great community leader worked really hard uh, to select and curate uh, these uh, artists and their different genres. And so that Songs for the Community is something we're, we're proud of, certainly not going to solve any of the ills, but uh, we did pay the musicians, so certainly stimulating some of the aspects of the, the arts and culture community while hopefully and ultimately bringing a, a moment of respite and enjoyment to anybody that partakes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really great to hear. Is, now, is there is the easiest way to access that, the YouTube page you said? Yeah, uh, columbusfoundation.org. Uh, it's fairly prominently positioned on our homepage uh, or through YouTube to the Columbus Foundation's channel. And certainly uh, there are teasers and links through our Instagram uh, handle as well as Facebook page. Okay, great. I'll, I'll be sure to link those in the, the podcast notes. So I wanted to pivot back to uh, perhaps you know some reflection on your tenure with the Columbus Foundation. So you joined the organization in 2004. Um, during this tenure, what would you say are some of the most notable projects, grants, or accomplishments, in your opinion? Great question. And we are uh, afforded the, the privilege, and I don't use that word lightly, uh, to engage in building our community today, but also with the long arc of tomorrow. And so there are some built environment things that certainly have changed the landscape of Columbus uh, from a civic infrastructure standpoint. So uh, let's call it the Scioto Mile. Uh, a lot of stacked hands came together 
to truly change the direction of the river, but also the, the built environment of the uh, Scioto Mile Trail there. And, and the Columbus Foundation played an early role in that. And so that's one aspect. Um, but then when I think about uh, the lives that are, are touched at the granular level through our grant making uh, over the years, and one of the programs that's been around for the last uh, six, seven years is Gifts of Kindness. And that program was established by an anonymous donor who realized that some individuals were experiencing barriers that to them seemed insurmountable, um, but really were a modest financial barrier. And so through them, the generosity of that uh, catalyzing donor and hundreds more since, uh, the Gifts of Kindness program has removed those destabilizing barriers and financial emergencies for individuals and set them back on their way. What does that look like? It looks like a two, three months back rent. And so to prevent an eviction for that individual paying those back due bills or utility bills or even a car repair to ensure that that individual's car alternator doesn't get in the way and stop them from getting to their job and making a wage that therefore allows them to pay for their rent and, and keeps them on a, a path of uh, self-sufficiency. And so uh, we are recording this today on Giving Tuesday. It's a big day within the philanthropic sector where organizations share all about their mission and uh, state their case for support. And we, uh, on the Gifts of Kindness front, have a $2.5 million match from an anonymous donor that really is hopefully going to be catalyzing and, and excited to see where that lands. And it is the generosity of our donors that affords us that opportunity to literally change the landscape uh, and change the lives of individuals in central Ohio. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, when we scheduled this podcast, I hadn't realized it would, would be on Giving Tuesday. So yeah, it's kind of for, good timing, good timing on our yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so wrapping up here, Dan, are there any other um, virtual events, grants, any news that you'd like to plug? Um, I think you know one of the most recent BPL podcast guests uh, was the Bexley Community Foundation. And uh, mm-hmm. the Columbus Foundation is so fortunate to work with Bexley Community Foundation and many others uh, across our community that it, just want to encourage listeners to be generous uh, it's not about really which organization uh, receives the gift to help you facilitate your philanthropy, but it is about being generous and there's really no gift too small, whether it be of time, talent, or, or treasure. And that's the beautiful thing about having a generous community at a time when there are so many community needs. And so I'm uh, just grateful for you inviting, thinking of the Columbus Foundation, inviting the Columbus Foundation and uh, as, a, as a product of Bexley City Schools and as a Bexley resident currently, I'm just uh, thrilled that you are elevating important conversations in the community through this platform. So thank you to you, Jeff, and uh, to Ben and the rest of the library's team. Well, thanks again, Dan, and and thank you to the Columbus Foundation um, for all the work you, that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the podcast today. Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, be kind and be generous. <laughs>